What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Help More, Sell More podcast. I am here joined with my co-host, Joe Marcou. Joe, how are we doing today? Absolutely outstanding, my man. How about you, Jeff? What's going on? I am doing fantastic. Joe and I have a lot of exciting things going on lately, and I'm sure we'll drop more hints and information about that in later episodes as things come along. But as for right now, we've got a a pretty big topic that I'm excited about today. In fact, the inspiration for this episode came out of a call I did with a client a couple days ago. Uh, But Joe, I know that you're going to have a lot to contribute on this topic, and it's something that we both with our years of experience in sales have encountered quite a bit at times, I would say like just one of the, I would say one of the biggest issues that I encounter with most clients, like it doesn't always come down to you suck at objection handling or, you know, you you just don't have the sales talent. You're you're not a born salesman. Like everybody's worried about being, even though it's not (laughs) not a real thing. Uh, But usually it's, it's this, it's this, you're just making it challenging. So we're talking about the intake process today you guys we're talking about is your intake process a problem and is it potentially the biggest problem you have maybe it's not that you uh, don't necessarily know how to handle a spousal objection maybe it's just that you make it really hard for people to sign up with you and that's our the the big question that we want to have answered today like we want you guys to be thinking about this to be processing this this uh today as we go through this episode and really think critically about what you're doing this is this is introspection this is you scrutinizing your systems that is what this episode is about i'm excited for this one joe i know you are too so we're going to get right into this here real quick if you guys are are listening to the podcast of course be sure to subscribe for more episodes dropping every single week mondays at 6 a.m eastern and you can leave us a five-star review on any uh, podcast platform that allows you to do that. I think it's just Apple at this point, but, you know, listen please wherever do, you want to. Please do give us that five-star review. It does. It does help. Or we should probably use, like, our own tactics on this. Uh, if you guys enjoyed the episode, can we count on you to leave us Absolutely. a five-star review on Apple? That would be great. <laughs> listener yeah can i count on you to prov- provide us with an absolutely great five-star review it helps us and as, as we're helping you we're going to continue to give you more value because we help you more you're going to help others more and you're going to sell more and that's what it's all about you guys yeah. all right so let's uh let's get right in actually before we do uh just so you guys know we do have a free Facebook group to join called Help More Sell More. It's a private group. You get to answer a few questions to get in. Uh, There are going to be giveaways. There's going to be a lot of different lives and information that we'll be dropping in that group starting this month as of the recording of this right now. It's December 3rd. So we're going to start putting some more information into that. So be sure to join the group as we start filling it up with helpful things that are going to help you help more people and sell more because that's what it's all about. So big question today, does your intake process help you or does it hurt you? And that is kind of a tough question to ponder. And it's the funny thing is it's like the first thing I feel most people when I work with them uh, on sales and on their sales process, it's like the first thing they overlook like intake. That's not the issue. I just can't close. Yeah, Maybe and the thing the reality of it is that. the reality of that, Jeff, and the, the question I like to ask is if you had a better intake process, wouldn't it be nice to eliminate objections up front? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. At the end of the day, you know, it's one of the level things that you're really good at is helping people with that intake process. You know, I, I'm a, I'm the believer that inevitably we are going to encounter objections and that we do need to have the skill set to be able to handle them. However, mm-hmm. What can I do to be able to decrease the probability of objections up front? Mm-hmm. And this is where it gets really bizarre because in your experience and in my experience, we've been able to work with literally thousands of different salespeople and we've been able to listen and watch how they quote unquote process prospects. Mm-hmm. Let's just start with that word right there. Okay. The word prospect Mm-hmm. It's, it's what people are when they are coming in to your funnel, right? They're a prospect. However, what I would encourage everyone who's listening and watching this right now, I want you to reframe that because a lot of this is mindset. 
If I'm considered a prospect, and let's say I'm in a place of business, let's say I'm in a store, I'm in a gym, or I'm in a retail environment, and my wife Shauna calls me, and you have walked in, and you're, you can hear me on the phone, and I said, hey, Shauna, you know what, I got to let you go, I've got a prospect in the store. How do you feel being labeled as a prospect? Just, let's uh, just start there. Like That's part of, of the meat. intake process before we even start asking questions. Yeah. How do you feel? Right. Well, right now I can tell you right now, I don't, what does a prospect do? We, they dig, right? You think of that old prospect, I'm looking for gold, right? So they're yeah. digging, right? And they're chomping. I don't want to be dug into, man. Yeah. Reframe the word prospect and it would be, hey, Shauna, you know, I got to let you go because I've got a guest here right now. So switch the prospect to a guest. That mindset shift, because whether somebody is a prospect or a customer, they're a guest in your place of business. And whether that's in, in, in Zoom or on Google Meeting or some type of you know, video chat or live and in person in your place of business, everybody mm -hmm. is a welcomed guest. And so should you be, not a pest, a guest, not a prospect, a guest. Let's just start there. Then when that person, who, that human being is coming in and they say, tell me about your product. Like this is the this is your guest who's coming in and they're curious about what we have to offer. This is the part that blows my mind, Jeff. They say, you know, they're coming in and they go, well, mm -hmm. so tell me about your product. Tell me about your gym. Tell me about your program. And this is what people do. They start telling them. <laughs> telling is not selling. And so, well, okay, so my, you know, if, if you're a gym, well, then it's, it's, well, you know, our membership is this, you tar start telling them about the price, you start telling them about your services, you start telling them about, they don't, people don't care about how much you know, until they know about how much you care. Mm -hmm. And so telling is not selling, what do we need to do? Look at these people as guests, and let's find out about them. What are the questions that you start with, so that you can start developing the relationship? because people buy off who they know, like, and trust. So are you gonna buy, guys, here's the question. Are you gonna buy off of somebody who's telling you, or are you gonna make a decision to buy off of someone because, hey, you know what, this guy's a good person. This person, this, this young lady asked me a whole bunch of questions that are relevant to how I, my problem is, and they're gonna be able to help me. Which one resonates for you? Yeah, I, I think that's a, a great point and a great segue to, you know, just looking at our, our story time today where we talk about, um, you know, an in, in instance in your past where you've made a change, a tweak, something like changing the name of a prospect to a guest or instead of feature dumping, which we talked about on our telling us and selling episode. Um, so you guys know, like uh, my, my furniture example, furniture store, what do you do? They're, you walk in there, they're like, you're looking at kitchen tables. You probably want a kitchen table. And they don't ask you any questions at all. <laughs> They're just like, would you like to see this in a different color? Like that is the question I get. No, this one's on even... sale right now. You should get it right now, right? Like yeah. sense of I urgency. Like, what? I don't care if it's on sale because I, I know what I, I, I got to figure out what I want first, which is really what you should be helping me do. I don't care what colors it is. You don't even know like the colors of my uh, layout. Like what is my kitchen uh, setup look like, right? right? What are my counter colors? What are my cabinet colors? What are the walls colored? You know, I you don't know that. So you're just going to be like, well, it's, you know, white, charcoal, you know, mahogany, like well, pick one, right? How like, many no, people are eating? You're not how helping many people, me. How many, how many members of the family are there, right? I mean, the size <laughs> yeah. of the table. It's not, like nothing's yeah. It's just, yeah, you want this? You're looking at this table. Like, the questions you get asked are like, uh, this one's on sale. Which color do you want? Or like, would you like this one or this one or this one? Right. And like, these are not helpful things. So let's do story time real quick, Joe. Um, and, and you go first on this one. But pick either yourself or maybe you, you worked with somebody either through one of your programs, Army of One, SOS Dojo, uh, you know, Lead Cycles, whatever. Like you worked with a, a business owner on their intake process and you realize they were making one big mistake or it was, maybe it was your own business, right? What is one thing that you changed that you feel made a big difference or big impact either on that business or on your own if yeah. it was you? Love it. So I'll use the example of the electric bicycle industry. 
and mm-hmm. I'll uh, and I'll st- I'll take a step back in my myself in the fitness industry. I did the same thing, and then I saw and then I changed my approach, and then I saw this in the electric bicycle industry. And mm-hmm. the the approach was this. And by the way, this is this this happens in a lot of different emerging um, industries, and it's the this is how you should shop for this item. So they'll tell people how to go and comparatively shop, literally saying, "Hey, you know what? Here's step one. You should look for." And it's literally the spec versus spec. So if you're looking at an electric bike, you need to, you know, what's the size of tire? What's the size of the the, the motor? What's the size of the battery? What well, what versus what? Right? Does it have mm-hmm. this spec and this spec? This spec and this spec? If it's what versus what? The common denominator now, because now you're putting everything on a damn Excel spreadsheet and you're going, well, so now it becomes about specs. And guess what the bottom line is? Is about price. Yep. It's commodity. It so, so now it's like, okay, so I need, to, suddenly it's like you, you give them, you literally, here's the spreadsheet of things that you should look for. And mm-hmm. what ends up happening is a competitor will, will, will show up and have those things that you're telling people to go look for, and then you lose. You lose big yep. time. Yep. What are the, the question I have for, for the listener is this, and ask yourself, what is my differentiating value? What mm. makes me, di- because everybody has competition, what makes me different from a competitor? And by the way, nine times out of 10, you may have someone who's selling what you have to offer or something similar, like mm-hmm. there's over 400 different types of electric bikes now available as opposed to 10, 12 years ago when there were only five. Now there's over 400. So let me tell you, there's somebody who's selling something cheaper than what you have to offer as far as price. So is it just price or what's your differentiating value and how can you translate your differentiating value in the form of a question to get people to, hey, you know what? That's important to me. And so what we did was we shifted from how to shop for and we focused on the person who is in the moment with us and Mm. asked what's important to them and then we could formulate the pitch of the product or service based on what was important to them see how that changes and so that intake of hey let me tell you and then thinking that you know i because i know everything there is to know about how to shop for one of these or i know everything there is to know about you know a fitness program and i know everything there is to know about nutrition like listen there are hundreds of thousands if not millions of fitness coaches out there mm-hmm. so hey to say that i have a 16 week program and you get one-on-one accountability and it's it, guess what Seen it. so do a million others <laughs> the question Heard that before right so what separates you from other people it's not be, if you turn around and say well i give two calls a week well somebody else is going to do three calls a week mm-hmm. that's that's not the deal what is it that separates you and if you can pose that in the like doesn't it make sense that if i can if i can get somebody to answer the question it give they answer it themselves you guys understand that like if i'm asking you a question i'm already hooking your mind right then the question becomes, what is my differentiating value and can I verbalize that? And we work on that with you. Mm-hmm. Right? Jeff is a master at it. So that's the beauty of it. So that intake for us was let's shift from prospect to guest. And from a guest, we go into what's important to them. Once we know and we can clarify and we can, you, can, you and I both know, Jeff, mm-hmm. we can lead people down the path if we ask the right questions. As opposed yeah. to telling people where to go, nobody wants to be told where to go. People don't want to be sold. They want to choose to buy. So what are the questions that I would ask? And so for you, what, what's your example? Yeah, no, I, I think that's a great example. And that, that covers probably one of the examples that I could give. I could give like the exact same one. I love that. I do want to say, if, if I can hear that, another potential thought of differentiating value is a strategic advantage. Mm-hmm. Right. And and we use those with uh, gym owners all the time when I'm when I'm working with them on mentorship. And it's, you know, if you take, for example, I used to own a CrossFit gym. So if you guys are familiar with CrossFit, it's like just just basically think of a garage gym that's a little prettied up, essentially. So we had, you know, like concept to uh, rowers and ski ergs and a big metal rig with pull up bars on it and all this other stuff. Right. And bumper plates. And yeah. But if you took 10 CrossFit gyms in any state in the U.S., 
I promise you they'd look almost exactly the same. Yeah. So, and they'd be in a warehouse and it would be somewhere between four and 5,000 square feet. And the layout of the gym would be a big rectangle and it would have a rig either in the middle of the room or down the wall. And then there would be a cardio corner, which would have bikes in it and it would have rowers in it. They're all the same. They all look exactly the same. They use the same equipment. But the problem I ran into with gyms was they were always latching onto the same two or three strategic advantages. And those would be one community two coaching three programming there's those three things every single gym and you could literally look at the same 10 gyms on their websites and you would probably see those three words on the home page so that is not a differentiating value that is not a strategic advantage and don't talk to me about community we used to call it the uh, the other c word like we would basically say (laughs) community is is a bad word when it comes to you trying to say that's a strategic advantage, like don't, I, I would tell people like, don't tell me that. Like, no, that's not your strategic advantage. You know why? Because you have your definition of community and your potential, your guests, your potential clients here, they have a different, entirely different definition of community. They don't get it. And that was the thing is like, CrossFit right. was like this thing in the know, you know, it's like, oh, you just have to know. Like, okay, well, how is a person who's never been to a CrossFit gym before that's a great potential client for you going to just know these things? They're not. You're like, that's like Fight Club. First rule about it is you don't talk about it because everybody knows the joke about CrossFit is first rule of CrossFit is you tell everybody you do CrossFit, right? Um, But the problem is nobody got it. So it was like anti-marketing. We had anti-marketing going on. It was the most ridiculous. The the 2000 six to 12 era of CrossFit was ridiculous. It was like, we were all martyrs just doing stupid things when it came to marketing, everybody was making mistakes. Uh, and we were all living off of the, the, the wonderful passive marketing, uh, technique of word of mouth, you know, like, Oh, if we do a good job and keep clean bathrooms, that's what the, the ex CEO of CrossFit used to say, just have the, you know, how do I decide what the best CrossFit gym is that differentiating value? cleanest bathroom i'm like yo wow. clean clean bathrooms are not selling memberships dude <laughs> like so that's this just, is me. yeah like that's that is a prerequisite for any business i don't care yeah. if it's the gym business or the any type of retail or restaurant you got to yeah. have a great bathroom if you don't i mean that's that that's not a differentiating value that's just the norm Exactly. It should be clean. These are expectations that must be met. You shouldn't have to worry about a dirtier clean. It's anyways, I digress. So, you know, going back to uh, maybe a a scenario here, uh, a story from my past where I changed something, it was going against the grain on what I was told about sales, right? Because I was, I came up in uh, my first main sales job. Uh, when I was selling personal training th- for through a subcontracting company, we've talked about on the show before at a regular Globo gym. You know, that's just what we call them. Like your yeah. your twenty dollar yeah. a month mom and pop gym. Okay, yeah. and in that scenario, we had like a three page script, which was all telling. There was probably twenty percent of it was questions. Eighty percent of it was basically telling. It's like here's how the body works. Here's how you lose fat, and here's what we're gonna do. Blah blah blah. Like you, it was. Did you say it all nasally like that too? I mean, I felt like I needed to, and then push up my glasses and snort. Just like here's how we're gonna do this thing, right? Like, and what I realized was everybody's eyes would glaze over. Yeah. Right? You start. You guys know the look. Like let's let's say you're trying to explain something to your kids. What happened? Glazed over eyes. Yeah. I'm not listening anymore, Dad. Like I get that all the time here, but I would get that with these with these clients. They would just be like, "Okay," like they don't care. And the epiphany I had was, they don't care about how it works. They don't need to know how it works. No. They don't want to know how it works. They just want it to work. And and then I realized, yo, I'm not selling personal training. I'm selling the 20 pounds, uh, improved self-confidence, the, um, you know, the swagger, the, uh, improved relationships, the increased energy, the improved sleeping habits, the better nutrition. Like I'm selling that. Yeah. I'm selling the six pack. This guy never had, I'm selling the jeans in the back of the closet. She never wore like I'm selling that. And once I realized that I realized 
I don't know what that is right off the bat. I need to ask. And that's when I switched. I flipped from having a big old script. My, my intro process, my intake process went from a gigantic script to, I think it's six questions, like six, yeah. six baseline questions, right? And that was designed to be from least invasive to most invasive style questions. And obviously in between those we've talked about on the show would be like your TED questions. Tell me more, explain right. me more, describe that to me, right? So you're, you're just further refining, 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 and eventually you get to these uh, amazing goals. They're SMART goals we've talked about before on the show as well. So SMART, specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and timely. I would hit two of those. That's my minimum. That's my, my gold standard, get two SMART goals. And then I dig a little bit deeper and I would find this, this emotional tie down or what I like to think of as the why or the hot button, right? The reason behind it all. And that is what I was selling. And once I realized that's what you're selling, I realized my current state, my current script, my current intake was not doing a good job of that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's funny. Yeah. (laughs) This is so great because I, I think back of at the beginning stages of the electric bicycle industry in North America, We'll go back 12 mm-hmm. to 14 years. Again, two or three brands at the time, and now again, over 400. Back then, everybody was telling is not selling. And, and, and feature dumping syndrome is something that's rampant. That every, you, you, You're going into the Globo gym. You've got three pages. I'm going to tell you everything that we have to offer. Let me yep. give you the walkthrough. I'm going to walk tour. you through the whole gym, the tour. You know what? Like, no. But, you know, for, for me, with the, with the people who walk in to a, a, an electric bicycle store, tell me about your bikes. And then people start telling them, well, we've got a mid-drive or we've got a hub drive. It's planetary gear this drive. Bike, and that bike, lithi- this bike. Li- li- this is lithium-ion manganese cobalt battery with a 15-amp-hour battery. Like, oh, that sounds cool. No, right? <laughs> you know what my process is now? And for those of you who don't know this, um, Pedego Electric Bikes, for example, has me as a – has my Army of One sales training system as a – we're a preferred vendor, meaning mm-hmm. that – Pedego dealers hire me and Pedego corporate reimburses the dealer when they do their training with me. Why? Because Don DiCostanzo and the, and, and who was the founder of Pedego, he and I had a conversation and here's here. This is the founder of this company. And I asked him, I said, um, so Don, how long does it typically take you to sell a Pedego electric bike? And Don said, ah, 90 minutes to two hours. And I said, okay. I said, so if I could, show you and the dealers how to do this in 20 minutes or less. And he went, what? I'm not, yeah, I can show you. And I'm not suggesting that everybody buys a Pedego electric bike in 20 minutes or less. However, I can tell you that the onboarding, right? The inbound mm-hmm. process, instead mm-hmm. of taking, let me tell you everything there is to know about all these bikes. And I've got 27 different bikes to choose from. I can tell you right now, the record, the record, my personal record of bikes sold is 27 in four hours. These are bikes that range anywhere from $2,000 to $6,000, right? By the time, right? 27 mm-hmm. of them in four hours. The record is 41 by people have t- who've taken the program. So mm-hmm. I, I, I know for a fact that the process, you can time collapse it. It's not about the product. People first, product or service or program second, focus on the person. Do yeah, what Jeff that. is really good at. Do what I'm talking about. So get people, like, find out about them. So th- literally, my first three questions with a Pedego client, it's like, you know, after we go through the whole acknowledgement process with people screw up, and that's a whole other episode, let's just go into first three questions. First time in our store, how'd you hear about us? You ever try mm-hmm. a Pedego before? Like, I'm just going to get butts on bikes because we know Bob's, as I call them, butts on bikes sells bikes. So if somebody yeah. says, hey, tell me about your bikes, I go, I absolutely will. Is this your first time here? How'd you hear about us? You ever tried Pedego before? No. Highest energy wins. Crank it up just for fun. Come with me, right? Just for fun. Come with me. And then I'm going to get them on the freaking bike. Why? Because the moment that I get them to experience it, I'm already there. I'm practically closing the sale. So it's kind of like M&Ms, right? If I get you to, hey, you know what, Jeff? Just taste one. Just have it here. Here's a have bowl. One. Okay. And then you no, have that one. was that was Lay's the the chip company. That was right. their slogan. You can't Same eat just thing. one. You, one's right? too many, but two's not enough. 
right? <laughs> it's like exactly. the alcoholic. I'm sorry to tell you, but if you give an alcoholic one drink, it's too many, but two's not enough. Well, guess what? If we give you the taste of what the program is, if I give you the taste of what the electric bike feels like, if I give you the taste of what the gym is like, or my coaching's mm -hmm. like, or whatever it is, if you experience it, and then I, 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 again, I'm asking you questions based on what your needs are. I figure out and I can solve the problem. Mm -hmm. Man, oh man, people aren't, I'm, I don't even have to sell. They're going to choose to buy. They're just like, I'm in. So the, the cool thing about this podcast is that sometimes Joe and I differ on opinions a little bit. And this is one where, yeah. um, oh, it's you know, fair. We, 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 right. But we've talked about this one before because that that's more of like the, you know, the, the try it. And by the way, guys, when he says, give them a little taste, we're not drug dealers here. We're not, <laughs> we, we, we're not, that's not helping more. So we're not, we're not encouraging drug dealers to listen to this podcast. Per se. No, but, not at all. Uh, but, uh, yeah. So it's like, for me, uh, we came up with for gym owners, the no sweat intro and the no right. sweat intro. Think about it. There's no sweating. There's right. no trial. Right. And I want to go back to you mentioned the gym tour. The gym tour is like when but I talk to, to gym owners, the first thing I say you need to stop doing is the tour. And I promise you, I can sit and have done this in a room surrounded by tarps because I'm in a construction site for a new gym that is not open yet. And I can sell personal training there. Of course you can. There's no equipment. There's no tour. They honestly should be like, is there even going to be a gym there? Am I getting scammed? But because we like develop that no like and trust, I build my rapport um, and I focus 100% solely on them asking those questions, getting to know exactly what they want, need and desire, then they will go with it. They will sign up for that because, again, I'm selling the the results. But if you really think about it, what those results are is this potential positive future self. Right. What I'm really selling when it comes down to it is who they will become if they work with me. That's it. And that's actually our next episode, you guys. It's going to come up soon. But uh, next week, we're going to be talking about ROI. And that is how I think of ROI. ROI is not always cash. Sometimes it is for sure. We work at sales companies. So for us right now, if you guys work with us at Burley Sales or at SO's uh, Dojo or at Army of One, like that ROI, it's probably cash. But if I'm in the gym, you know, that ROI could be self-confidence. Oh, and on a be, global scale, what are the, th yeah. what are the things that people buy? Right. Okay. You mentioned money, right? People buy, mm -hmm. it, it, they'll make an investment so that they get a return on investment. What are the mm -hmm. other things? Well, they're buying sex, right? They want to be right. And yep. they buy health. Yep. Really? Like, so when you think of, Hey, I want like, cause go backwards from people get all freaked out when we, the word SEX comes up. <laughs> like, I don't know yeah. about you guys, but I think I got here the same way everyone's listening got here. Well, right? So, no way. Like, and billions of us have done that. Like, guess what? Mom and dad did it. Get over no. it. Okay. No, so, we don't talk about that on the show. <laughs> and, it's, and it's interesting. I just finished a program, Jeff, right? There's a program yep. that I just recently did. And there's, do you guys remember the book, Think and Grow Rich? Yep. Ever read Napoleon it? Napoleon Hill. Yeah. So yep. there's a chapter on sexual energy and everybody forgets this chapter. They glaze over it and it's <laughs> like it out of their mind or it's, something. Yeah, yeah. It's like, are you kidding me? So again, it's, it's money, sex, health. We want to live longer. We mm -hmm. want to be able to be more attractive and go backwards. Right. I want to have a go backwards from that being more attractive. Well, what else? Mm -hmm. I want to have a better relationship. I, what else? I want to have more confidence. What else? Mm -hmm. So you keep going backwards from that. It, it, it will lead down that if you really get you know, whittle it down. So you're absolutely right. What's the ROI? We'll talk about that in the next episode. Yeah, gonna we're going to get into that. So let, let's do this. I want to back up a little bit and then let's hit some key points and we'll come out as we always do at the end of the episode with some action steps for you guys. Now, uh, the intake process is not just the uh, actual, let's call it like an intro or whatever, uh, you know, butts on bikes that uh, Joe mentioned there a second ago. It's also the process by which people engage with your business. So the intake process starts when a person first engages with your business, when they're first like, what is the SOS Dojo, right? And they, they see a post from Joe. And then they go to follow a link, a call to action, and they end up on Joe's site. Then they click to book a free call. Then they hop on a clarity call uh, with somebody from Joe's organization. And then uh, for Joe, he has them jump into an SOS dojo. 
and you know they try it out at the end of that you know we say how'd you like it and then they sign up right do you want to join or not and it's okay we're good with yes or no so maybe that yeah yeah that is a start to finish intake process so when i say i want you guys the action step for today by the way spoiler alert is look at your intake process through a, a magnifying glass go through the whole thing start to finish really scrutinize it and utilize these key points that we've been talking about so far but we're going to bullet point them right now to make it super simple for you to make the action simple because action uh is, is what gets you guys results action is how we help you help more people and sell more like that is our focus every single episode is action pack action oriented that is what we do so let's bullet point this real quick so again keeping in mind intake is start to finish engage with business become a client right everybody's on that page now let's dive into yep. some key points so number one joe and i both mentioned this already several times people want to buy <clears throat> they do not want to be sold so I want you to think about each step of your intake process and I want you to put it in your brain. Like, am I, does this come off salesy? That's right. I'm going to use that word now. I know you guys know this word. Is it salesy or am I putting them in a position to make a choice to buy? Right. That is how you have to think about every step of the way. So feature dumping is feature dumping, selling or putting a person in a position where they have a choice to buy. It's, it's selling, it's selling the heck out of them. Like that's very salesy, right? If you're not asking more questions than you are making statements, you are being salesy. (laughs) So like, think about that as you go through your process, does this come off salesy? And if you're not sure, or if you don't trust your own opinion of this, grab somebody else, take a friend through it. Take, uh, you know, somebody who doesn't currently work for your organization, just like friend, family member, whatever. Have somebody go through your intake process from start to finish and ask them how they felt about it. And I'll I'll give you some points, guys, and you can write these ones down or or you can play this back. Think of it from start to finish. And let's use, for example, many of you might be on Instagram. So if you're on Instagram, for example, it's how many followers do I have right now and can I add followers? Well, how do you add followers? Well, there's a couple of different ways to do it. Ultimately, one of the best ways to do it is am I providing people value? Like if Mm -hmm. you're a personal trainer are all you doing is just showing people like hey look at look how lean I am and this is me doing arm curls or are you occasionally asking people a call to action hey message me to have a conversation are you doing that are you getting more followers first question the next question is are you having conversations with people Mm-hmm. If you're a, like, for example, you're, you could be a bike shop owner. Well, Hey, are you adding value to people with posts? Or are you just showing pictures of bikes? Then are you opening up conversations with people? Are you asking people, Hey, when was the last time you went on an adventure? Hey, when was the last time? Right. And then the next thing is, are you offering people the opportunity to come in for a free test ride? Or if you're a personal trainer or if you're a gym, mm-hmm. are you offering people to come in for a free consultation? And then mm-hmm. how many appointments were booked? Then how many people actually came in and showed up? How many people said yes? How many people said no? How many people said yes? And how many, what we call in, for lead cycles, did you fill out the buyer form so that you have automated follow-up, right? And automated referrals. How many referrals did you get? These are all parts that if you measure those metrics, you can, you can figure out where am I weak? Hey, with, these numbers don't add up. And this is exactly yeah. what, like, Jeff, when you said this is going to be the topic, I was like, dude, this is this is way bigger than people realize because most people, yeah. they don't even have a sales goal, let alone if they micromanaged. The, and again, not when I say micromanage, this is not difficult. Like I went, mm-hmm. I just rattled off all of these basic metrics that if you looked at what your smart goal was, yeah. geez, man, you could crush your business. Pick a number, reverse engineer it. And you'll reach it. And that's what's cool is that your time collapsing based on the fact that I know what these metrics need to be. Yeah. I, I think the funny part is that most people go intake process. What's that? What's and that? I, I'll just say like, look, if you think right now because you have a website that you have an intake process, you are no incorrect. Um, that is not an intake process. There needs to be, you know, an, a level of activeness. There can be automations in there, of course, but you need to be active about it. You know, you, your website is more like a fishing vessel, like you're casting nets left and right, trying to draw those fish into the vessel so that you can then book a clarity call, discovery call, whatever you want to call it. But that initial consultation, that initial call, 
uh, or, or intro with your, your guests, right? Not prospects, they're guests. Uh, so you need to draw them into that. That's what social media does. Uh, that's what presenting value first does to Joe's point. Don't just post, you know, if, if you're a trainer right now and you're just flexing, you're literally just flexing. You're not helping anybody. Your body isn't selling personal training. It's not selling programming for you. Ladies, people I are say, like, you, yeah, cool. Yeah, who cares? What are Ladies, you doing for them? The, the, I can tell you that and and, and on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, listen, ladies, there's a, plenty of beautiful butts out there. I don't need to see another butt photo. I don't. I don't. I'm tired of it, okay? And I can tell you there's plenty of women out there that are like, yeah, who cares? More of the issue is what kind of value, because this is what's very, very interesting, Jeff, mm -hmm. right? There's some people that have millions of followers because all they do is they show off their butt in a pair mm -hmm. of tights. Mm -hmm. are, and they're not making a dime. They're not making any money. They're just showing they have a off lot of followers. But who cares? Like that's that's not an intake process. Mm -hmm. right? It depends that's on what they're selling, Joe. Well, it yeah. depends. It depends so, on what they're so, selling. Joe. You know, the, 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 the thing is, that if you've got time, like the, I can tell you that with with like it, on one of my social media channels, because it's not where my area of focus is, mm -hmm. I got very few followers. However, how is it that with very few followers in in one of the channels that I have? I've been able to generate over $80,000 in revenue. It's because the, those followers that, that I do have, they see the value and they want to take action on it. 100%. So, so if you guys are posting those, like the, I, I, would, I would consider this. Can you put a spin on that where you ask a question to engage with the audience and you say, for example, let's say you're a, a female posting on Instagram and you post your butt. More power to you. Like, um, you know, whatever you're selling, it's fine. But let's say you post that and then you say, have you struggled to, you know, maximize like glute definition or size? Do you know how to make your butt look this way? <laughs> like right. what program are you following for your glutes and hamstrings? Okay. That's different. Right. Because there are plenty, I will tell you, there are thousands, maybe more than thousands of programs, fitness programs based around just butts. Of course. And it could be something like... Do your jeans fit well or not? Would you yeah. like to have your jeans fit better mm -hmm. so that you could feel better? Did you yeah. know that your glutes help you climb stairs more effectively? Like, I mean, there's a whole variety of things that you could do as opposed to, right? I mean, mm -hmm. it, anyways, we could, it, this, there's a whole We've talked enough about butts, so we're going to move on. <laughs> yeah, let's move on. We're going to move on. So other key points, we're going to kind of rapid fire these off. But again, I want you guys just looking through your intake process, seeing where you can dial things in and make changes to make improvements. The next one I want to think about is your intake sh uh, should be painless. It should be painless. So when I said at the beginning of the episode, you make them jump, jump through hoops, that is a problem. That is uh, you selling them, not putting them in a position to buy. Uh, if you say you need to book this initial appointment for 10 minutes and then we get on the call and then we figure out what you want. And then we book like a real appointment later on. That's like 60 minutes. And then on that call, I run you through the ringer with all these questions and stuff forever. And then after that, we decide if you're a good fit for us or not. I'm not going through that process. I don't know about you guys, but who wants to go through that process? I just wanted help. For example, with weight loss. Like yeah. I came to you because you were recommended by somebody or I came across your website or whatever, and you're a trainer and I want to lose weight. But here you are making me do a 10 minute clarity call and then another call. And then I have to go through that for that's like 75 minutes of my time. And then I, I then you decide if I'm a good fit for you. Like, no, that's BS. That's BS. You guys, if you were thinking about it this way, let's say you're selling anything under 10 K. If your program, if your product is under 10K, it should be a one call sale. There's no reason for you to do multiple calls, multiple appointments. Like that's not, if you're doing a multi-million dollar corporate deal, the only reason you're going to do multiple steps to that sale is because that corporation's going to make you do them. It's on and This is where Jeff and I are going to have a difference of opinion here. And this is what's yeah. great. Yeah. Because I actually like, in, especially in the coaching side of things i don't disagree with you when it comes to product mm -hmm. and if you're walking into a place of business and you're there you have mm -hmm. to take you have to take the advantage of doing it in the now because otherwise if people leave 
there, there's highly likely that they might go online or they might go and shop somewhere move else. on in, yeah. in the coaching space. If you have a relationship with someone and I don't disagree with you, by the way, because we've been able to, you know, do a one call close and I think it needs to be malleable. And mm-hmm. we'll talk about this uh, on another episode, the importance of having a follow-up strategy, including mm-hmm. what we call the microwave process. And I'm just going to hint at it. I'm not going to tell you what it is but it keeps people warm. What we call Mm -hmm. throwing people in the microwave. We'll talk about that on a future episode because I'll tell you what, when you have your follow-up and you've you've warmed them up in the microwave, this process works so well. I've learned this process in the last five years and it's fantastic. However, I'm with Jeff. If you're skilled, and sales is a perishable skill, if you're skilled, you Mm -hmm. don't need a two-call process. It's just nice to have. And I think, Jeff, you you and I both, you know, whether we agree or disagree in terms of whether it's one step, two step microwave or not. One thing mm-hmm. that I think we both agree on is this. And I love this Jordan Peterson quote. And it's this. You're better off to be a warrior in a garden than a gardener in a war. So if you feel, hey, I, I don't want to be pushy. I don't want to be yeah. aggressive. Here's the thing. You can learn the tactics that Jeff and I are talking about. These are actionable tactics that work, by the way. You're better off learning and learning how to be a monster in sales, how to be super. You're actually better off learning all of this, those tactics and techniques of being mm-hmm. aggressive and pulling back as opposed to, oh, no, I, I, I don't want to learn. I, I don't need sales training. I'm just a nice person. And you know, you know what? Think of it because right now, like it or not, you have competition. And like mm-hmm. it or not, you can frame it in such a way where it's war. So do you want to be a gardener in a war or do you want to be a warrior in a garden? It's up to you. That's interesting. I like it. Yeah. I mean, you know, for me, switching to a single step sales process uh, was highly effective in the in, in the gym industry, any gym I've worked with. And any time that they, they tweak it and they go, well, I'm selling personal training. I need like this extra step, blah, blah, blah. Like I get it. And I'm not against saying you're not a good fit for our program by all means, but I just tell them to do that on the, on the one call. I'm like, you'll know through that call, through discovery, you're like, either I can't help you or I can't provide the right help for you, or you're going to be a distraction to my members and I protect them first. So then you can just cut that appointment off. You say, Hey, you know, like it's good to preface your appointments at the beginning and say, Hey, you know, I'm excited to get talking with you today. I can't wait to find out more about you and what your goals are, your interests are and all of that. And hopefully we can find a way to help you out. And if not, no big deal. The cool thing is whether I can help you or not, I'm going to help you understand what your goals are and your intentions behind those goals. And then if it's not with me, I'm going to point you in the right direction. And then towards the end of the appointment, or even in the middle, you can be like, hey, remember at the beginning where I said it's my job to make sure you're headed in the right direction? I don't think that we have exactly what you need. However, I do know a gym, another company, whatever, you know, insert your industry here that can help you better. And my buddy Jeff Fisher there. was bang on that with, with uh, Jeff. So Fish used mm-hmm. to have, have elite performance and it was exactly that. There were mm-hmm. times where he would interview because it was a very elite group of people. You want to talk about, you know, it was pre- high premium price to be a member of his facility. And mm-hmm. he would tell people, yeah, you know what? This isn't the right place for you. You can go down to this Globo gym down the street. And they were like, no, no, I'm, I'm willing to pay $700 a month. And Fish would say, it's not your money. It's not. And so then there was this creation of this elite status that for those people that were there, they were really honored to be there. And it takes a little bit of skill. And you and I both know it's actually a lot of skill to be able to get to that level. And that's what you're talking about right now. It's what's your intake process? Know it and, and don't compromise. That, that's exactly it. I want you guys, if if I can provide a secondary homework item, if you haven't read The Pumpkin Plan by Mike Michalowicz, go check it out. And that is uh, kind of what we're alluding to here. You can't you can't let everybody in. For example, Don't Joe, worry. your SOS dojos, if you just let everybody in, what would happen? Hell no. Well, no, yeah, exactly. The reason that we don't let people just click and automatically enter into a free session, mm-hmm. we pre- we, we pre-interview everybody so yep. that we'll know right away, hey, you know what? This isn't going to work for you because if you mm-hmm. don't have the right attitude, energy, and, and overall outlook in terms of the approach, 
And we mm-hmm. we have a we have several different questions. We have an eighteen question uh, process. Mm-hmm. So again, we right we're asking questions. We're not telling you what the dojo is. We're asking questions, and based on those answers, we'll let you know as to what. And a lot of people that are because our process of information out on on posts and or ads and or referrals, getting people through the process, we can measure all of it. If the person's not the right fit, we'll let them know. And it's like, hey, you know what? Sorry. And we've we've said, unfortunately, you know, we've refused entry to even the free session, let alone within the session, we've let people leave. We've had to say, mm-hmm. you know what? This isn't for you. And we've, you know, asked them to exit the Zoom call. Yeah. So, I mean, again, we're not saying bring everybody in, but I will also say this you shouldn't be creating unnecessary barriers, right? An example of which the most obvious one that I see, and and Joe, I'm sure you uh, actually agree with this, is pricing being publicly available from your program. Like, I get it. If you are getting hundreds of leads, this can be a way to sort of prune, right? This can be a way to, uh, let's say you're a smaller team, you can't bring everybody in. You want this barrier just because every, you're in such high demand. Sure, that makes sense as a barrier. However, if you are getting 10 to 20 leads a month and you are in a need to grow situation, you should not have that barrier. There's no reason for you to have that. You're not trying to vet people before they can even talk to you because here's the deal. That is unfair to you and it is unfair to them because they do not have the context of your pricing. They don't understand why you're that price. And I'll give you like the gym examples. So CrossFit gyms are about 10X the price of a Globo gym, uh, typically 150 to $200 a month. But to the layman, to a normal gym goer of 20 years, they're gonna look at that price and be like, gyms are supposed to be 20 to $35 a month. Why is this gym 150? I don't get it. I'm out. They're out. They dump the funnel right there. They jump out of it. They don't care to talk to you anymore. You you gave up the goose. You gave up everything right there. You're like, I'm this much. Take it or leave it. And only people in the know you, you are going to do that. You've completely minimized your potential bucket of clients there. Yep. If you're if it all, I'll end it with this and I'll let you close it out. And it's like this. If you're a brick and mortar retailer of a specific product, whether it's power sports, whether it's fishing products, and I'll go back to the electric bicycle example. If you're an e-bike store and you mention your prices, right? Especially if people call, right? Yeah. What do your bikes start at? Yeah. They start at 1895. Thanks. Click. They're going <laughs> to go online. Price. <laughs> right. Like they're going to go online and guess mm-hmm. what? They're going to buy, you know, a, a, a bad power, sad power or whatever that brand that you can talk about. And, uh, and, and, it, you, <laughs> and, and anybody in the electric bike industry knows which brand I'm, I'm, I'm poking fun at there. Every industry and has an off brand, right? It, the, it, the and they're a monster. <laughs> so, you know, like, if, cause again, you get caught up in price yeah. versus price, you're going to lose. What's your differentiating value? What's your, what's your inbound process? And, and man, re-listen to this episode because we dropped some gold today. Yeah. hundred percent. Hopefully this was helpful for you guys. I do want to. I want to mention one more thing just because I think it's important um, and it's it's what came up in a call with me with a client recently, and that is that you, you don't, <laughs> it can't also be all about you. Like it, we've mentioned this a thousand times, it needs to be all about them. That's why we ask questions. They are the center of the universe for this conversation. That's why it's called discovery. I discover about them and I, I'm not going to feature dump on them uh, as we've been talking about throughout you know this entire Uh, catalog of episodes that we have essentially. But an example of this that I wanted to share with you guys to close this out is um, the, and maybe Joe disagrees with this. Maybe this is like another episode here, but here's an example. If you get on a discovery call with me and I basically say, and and this is kind of like going to the doctor's office, like I have an appointment right after you. So I need to cut this like exactly on time. I've got just 10 minutes. Um, (laughs) You still good with that, right? Like basically what you're saying, I want you to interpret this or put yourself into the shoes of the client here uh, or of your guest, right? If you went to any place as a guest and they said, listen, I'm going to have to keep this like real short. I only got 10 minutes. I got people stacked up behind me, like out the lines out the door, man. That is saying that you are a number, not a person. You're not important to me. My time is more important than your time. 
This that would is be my so interpretation. Great, Jeff. This is so great because there's there's a there, I I agree with what you're saying and I don't. <laughs> and here's mm-hmm. why. Here's why. Because there again, if I can, and I'm not suggesting that you 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 shouldn't have buffers in terms mm-hmm. of your time. You, we need to frame it, and this could be a whole upper other episode about dealing with time vampires. Yeah. We talk about what's your effective hourly rate. We talk about how important is your time. Everybody listening to this right now, Jeff, I, our producer, Chaz, guess what? We've all got the same 168. It's called yep. 168 hours a week. And so you know what? I need to be able to leverage my time, and I also need to be cognizant of my guest's time. And so mm-hmm. if you need to do a secondary follow-up, that's one thing. And if you frame it right, and we'll discuss that on another episode, how to frame it. And then understanding that at an age range, there's people that are over the age of 70, for example, they can get away with freaking murder and say whatever they want to people. But for mm-hmm. most of us that are listening to this, that are under the age of 70, we need to be able to just have conversations with people, relate to them so that we don't insult them. Because I know that my father, who's going to be 80 next month, he can say things that would put land me into jail. And then for him, hey, he's just an old man. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. So, and it's funny. I actually, I actually think we agree on this point because I'm with you on it. Like what, let me rephrase that real quick. Hey, this appointment should take just 10 minutes. So are you still good for that time? There you go. That's Great it. question. Like all I'm saying is don't be a, you know, a wiener about it. All right, let's close the show out, right? Uh, we appreciate you guys. You guys are awesome. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoy the show, if the show was helpful, then be sure to subscribe. Drop us a five-star review. That helps us out five a whole stars. lot. Five stars would be fantastic. Uh, and also go take this action. So the action today was to look at your intake process, start to finish, and really critically look at it, right? What could be improved? What could be changed? Are any red flags popping out that we talked about today or gave examples of today? And if so, remove them. The key factor here is like if something isn't working, don't keep doing it. <laughs> like I've had people say like, I, I run this auto text and nobody responds to it. Well, change the auto text or don't do it. It's not working. Try something different, right? So really critically look at your intake process, make those changes, be successful, move towards personal wealth. And of course, as always, help more and therefore sell more. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll see you next time.